Making a product is like running a marathon. You can't just turn up and expect to run 26 miles and win. In this episode, we talk about starting small, how to dream big but still launch, and how you can change your mindset to get building and launching. This is Hit Reply, episode four. Hey, and welcome to Hit Reply, the podcast that gives you an inside view on what it's like to start a startup. I'm Mike. And I'm Fred. And in this episode, we'll be talking about starting small. Now, back in episode zero, we kind of mentioned our struggle with the never-ending project cycle of Doom, where we would come up with these kind of really adventurous ideas and these really big ideas of, you know, let's rebuild Facebook and like this make the next snapchat or whatever like moonshots yeah totally and we would really struggle to build these obviously because it's just the two of us sitting in a bedroom trying to build facebook and it's just massively impractical so six by six was meant to solve that six by six was our, our challenge that we set ourselves to build six different projects in six months and that tight deadline forced us to take these kind of big goals and condense them down into something much, much smaller that we could get out the door in a month. I think that's a good point. I feel like the majority of people listening to this are listening to it and have big goals. I'm listening to it thinking, okay, I want to run my own business or I want to create a successful product. And maybe they want to create the next unicorn. I don't know. So when we talk about starting small, it can seem a bit counterintuitive because I think we all start out with that default of here's the big picture here's what I really want to do and it looks great and it's like okay well especially if you can maybe code or design you've got some of the technical skills required to build something like uh, a Facebook or something it might take you a really long time but you feel like okay well I can do these sort of things so why don't I aim for the big goals why don't I go all out for that and I think that's a trap that is really easy to fall into. Yeah I think that we kind of see the likes of like Facebook and things like that and you come up with these ideas and you almost see these kind of massive companies as your competition. Right. As someone that you've got to compete with. But that's like a, a flawed perception of what it is. You know, you can never take on Facebook from day one. It's just, it's not going to happen. Even when, you know, back in the day you had like MySpace was doing much, much better than Facebook was. And... I'm sure if they'd had built Facebook with the intention of taking out MySpace, they wouldn't have succeeded. But the point was that they built Facebook to meet a certain group of people's needs and evolved it from there. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the real important thing with any product is what is the short term? What is it that you need to do now to help people to solve someone's problems to add value to someone's lives that's what's really important in the here and now but equally it's okay to have long-term goals we're not saying that you shouldn't have long-term goals and in fact we think it's important to have some ambition if you're just building things now and you have no long-term driving factor behind what you're doing i think you'll struggle to get where you want to go i think your short term will also suffer as a result of not having that long-term perspective so Whilst we're saying, okay, start small, that's really important. I think it's worth noting here that we're not downplaying the the long term. When we started 6x6, I didn't really want to do it because I wanted to play the long game. I wanted to build 
a, a big thing. I wanted to build something successful. Now, I didn't want to slow down and start small. I, I wanted to, to go for the big goals straight away. And that's the challenge I think we can all face is that we can so easily want to fulfill the long-term goals we have that we don't allow ourselves to slow down and start small. Yeah, and this relates to something that we wrote about in our book, Learning to Launch, which you can read online for free at learningtolaunch.co. And in that we said, have long-term goals in mind and short-term goals in focus. I think that's really the key is that both have a part to play, but one of those is something that you have yeah, in the back of your mind, isn't something that you're continually thinking about. And the short term is is the stuff that you need to be putting actions around. It's how do you get to the short term goals? How do you get where you need to be? And I think often we just head for the big goals straight away without thinking about how we can achieve the smaller goals. Yeah. And it's almost like someone who goes to a gym who hasn't ever been to the gym before. You can't go straight for the heavy weights. You've got to build up. You've got to build up those muscles first. And then hopefully down the line, you'll be in a place where you're more ready and more equipped to to handle those heavyweights and this fits in really well with how james altisher looks to live his life he says he looks to have a one percent increase every day so if every day he increases by one percent over time he will have a massive drastic increase and he does that via like reading and other things like that but for us it's worth remembering that life is incremental you don't have to try and get to where you want to be now you can iterate your way towards that yeah i really like the idea of incremental gains i think you know that makes a lot of sense and especially when you think that you know, some people won't even start at all. Yeah. They'll have these ideas that are just so massive and complex that they don't know where to start. And so they never start. I read about this yesterday in terms of procrastination. I think it was a New York Times article that talked about how sometimes we procrastinate because we don't want to take our idea into reality. We have this idea that seems so shiny and lovely and perfect, but we procrastinate taking that and into the real world because we, we know that when we do the work it's not going to look like that when you start working on something it doesn't look like the, the finished piece like if you're trying to create a statue you start out with a massive block of marble mm. and you have to chisel away at it for a long time until you get close to what you want yeah and it's interesting understanding that procrastination can sometimes be that it can be that you're too protective over that dream and that goal Something that Justin Jackson tweeted out sums this up quite well. He said, it's better to start now and start small than not start at all. I totally agree with that. I think the challenge that we can sometimes face is knowing how to do that. And is that true? Is This piece of advice sounds great, but are the companies that we see that are great, did they do that? Is that actually something that happens in the real world? Yeah, definitely. You know, making stuff is, it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not an easy thing to do. And it takes time. You know, you can't just just turn up and instantly win. I mean, you can, like, there's going to be the odd case of it happening. But for the most part, it takes a lot of effort to kind of, like, slowly build up something that's going to be popular. There are always outliers to anything. You can look at the lottery, etc. Yeah. But I, I don't think we should be banking on winning the lottery. And in the same way, we shouldn't be banking on having any form of overnight success. It's so rare and I always wonder, even in those rare cases where you say, okay, it is an overnight success, what really was going on there? What were they doing before that? Yeah, Justin Jackson talks about this in one of his posts. He talks about a story of a man called Ingvar Kamprad. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm, I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong. And 
he started practicing sales when he was young and he would go door to door on his bike and he would sell matches to his neighbors and after a while he moved up to things like you know christmas decorations fish ballpoint pens whatever then at the age of 17 he started his first company and you may have heard of it it's called ikea a company that has you know like 40 billion dollars in sales a year it's just crazy and it all started from a young boy selling matches to his neighbors it sounds like a hollywood film it sounds like one of those things that you'd go to the movies and watch and how this guy was riding around his bicycle and then look at this he's made a company that everyone knows yeah but it's true it's 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 how it happened and i think that's how things happen you iterate you don't just start with ikea right yeah definitely and i think you know if you if you look at like the story of facebook is very similar if we're to believe the film, The Social Network... Which we probably shouldn't, but not we'll go with it. But it's going to be roughly right. You know, Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook in his dorm room and it was completely different to the Facebook that we use today. Yeah. The, the real fundamentals of what you did on the site, how you used it, were completely different. Yeah, and it would be impossible if you wanted to sit out now and say, okay, we want to build a social network that has all of these features that is used by a billion people or whatever it is that Facebook's user base is now. You can't just set out and say, we're going to build that. You can't just turn up one day and say, okay, let's sit in a room for the next two years and build Facebook. You're building a business or a product requires time and or money. And the bigger your initial launch is, the more time and or money you're going to need. And that's something to really kind of heavily factor in. You know, I could probably rebuild Facebook as it is today with its functionality and things like that. But, you know, it's going to take me like five, ten years to do it. And by that point, it's going to be redundant. It's going to be outdated and Facebook's going to have moved on and they're going to be doing new fancy stuff with like VR and whatever. And I'm going to have spent ten years of my life building something that no one else wants now. It's a good point and it's something that I heard DHH talk about recently and he said about where you've got to skate to where the puck's going. You don't skate to where it is now because obviously you know the puck's going to move and there's no point you sitting in a room now and trying to build this version of Facebook because as you say in five years, ten years it's not going to be what people want and things would have moved on and ultimately you might be able to build it but you're probably going to struggle to support a billion users based upon just shipping this thing from your bedroom. So it's just not going to work. Yeah. This ties in really nicely with what Martin said in our previous episode. So in episode three, we talked about burnout and we interviewed Martin Stella as well as Helen Tran. And Martin shared a quote with us, which I think fits in really well. Is work and life and business a sprint or a marathon? People, Do you know who can sprint a marathon all the way to the end? Nobody can because you die. You start pissing blood before you get even halfway. There's a Chinese proverb that says the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And it sounds very proverby. Yeah. But, you know, I think it makes a really good point that you don't just walk a thousand miles. You just really just doing one step at a time. And that's what you have to focus on when building a product is you're not going straight to what Facebook is right now. You are building that smaller kind of MVP you're building that smaller version, that subset of features of your bigger idea that you're then going to slowly iterate on, you know, one step at a time to build this really awesome product. So that leads us to the question of how do you do that? What does it look like in practice to start small? What are the steps you kind of go through? 
and what form does that take and for us we started out with the deadlines we started out with okay we're going to spend six months and we're going to try and launch six projects in those months so a month per project and that deadline was really key for us it's the first time we ever set a deadline and that deadline really helped to bring everything in it helped to give us okay well in four weeks in a month's time we are launching something and that brings it back into reality often we build products almost in a imaginary land of like I just keep adding features that are amazing without really grounding it in reality and I think that deadline really because it was so short term we had to think about okay yeah in four weeks and three weeks and two weeks it's going to be used by real people it might only be a few people we didn't expect a big launch but it was going to be used by people yeah and it really made us focus on on what matters and to get rid of anything that wasn't important so we found that monthly deadline works for us. And I think that's a good ballpark to aim for. I would now say that between four to six weeks is a good short-term deadline that gives you enough time to ship something of value, but means that you're not going to get beyond the honeymoon period, which we'll probably come to a little bit later in this episode. So I think our monthly deadline worked quite well for us. And it's kind of the sweet spot, I think, of around four to six weeks for a short-term deadline. And if I was to advise someone who hasn't launched anything yet, that would probably be what I'd say, because I feel like the more you go beyond that, the more you can lose focus and energy. And I know people that you speak to them and they'll say, oh yeah, I'm really close to launching. I've like, I've got most of the features there. And then six months later, you speak to them and like, yeah, I'm really close to launching. I've like made lots of progress and had a few issues, but we're getting there. And then another six months and another six months. And you can like go years and you talk to people that are shipping an idea that they haven't tested yet. They don't actually know whether anyone wants. It's just an idea that they've had. And they spend years on this idea and never ship it. And it's like, that's a real waste. You could ship that so much earlier, learn, and you would be so much further ahead. Yeah, I think that short-term deadline is, is really important because it goes hand in hand with scope. The longer your deadline, the more features that you're going to put in, the bigger the scope of what your building is going to be. A six months, 12 months, you know, a couple of years is just far too long for what you're going to be building. You want something much, much shorter. Because then you're still within the honeymoon period, you're still within that excitement and that is going to give you the enthusiasm to be able to push through and actually deliver what you're trying to build. I think that's really important, the concept of the honeymoon phase. It's something that we've experienced a lot of times with pretty much all of our projects that when you start out, you do have the extra energy. And we often experience actually in the longer projects, the sort of death zone where we get to a couple of months into the project and we've invested a lot of time and energy already and we're still not quite close to launching. The, there isn't the light at the end of the tunnel yet. And you're sitting there at times like this and you're thinking, okay, I've invested a lot of time and we're not at a point where it's going to pay off yet. And it's quite hard to continue motivating yourself at that point to continue investing. You start to lose motivation at that point, And that's what we experienced in lots of our projects. So you might be thinking that it's all well and good knowing that you need a short deadline and you need to reduce scope and things like that. But you might be thinking, well, what features should I actually focus on? What you need to look at is deciding what problem are you actually solving? Once you know the core problem that you're solving, you can then work out what the quickest, easiest and cheapest way of solving that is. Yeah, and I've recently read a book about jobs to be done. And it's something I've been thinking about for a couple of months now. It's a framework that kind of helps you view what you're building, what your product's actually doing 
and how to make your product better and how to market it and things like that. And Jobs to be Done frames everything around the question of what is your user trying to get done? What job are they hiring you for? And when you're making something, that's key. And we'll talk more about that next week. It's not always obvious what problem you're solving, especially if it's a sort of light bulb idea you've had in the shower. You're like, oh, it'd be amazing if this existed. And you don't always connect the dots on why you want that to exist. Uh, you just think about this amazing product and you think, oh, that's awesome. And for me, I remember that with our second project of 6x6 flash tabs. It was one that I remember I thought of after seeing a Chris Messina product hunter collection about Chrome new tab extensions. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's quite cool. You can actually create an extension where you can customize what the user can see when they open their new tab. And that's like prime real estate that I, I see my new tab so often. If you can customize what goes on there, then you can do some cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. And it was at that time I was looking to learn a new skill for a job that I was trying to apply for. And I thought, okay, how about I create some flashcards in my Chrome new tab screen? I'd looked around a bit before and I'd seen some flashcard apps out there, but none really fitted with what I wanted. And I wanted something that would interrupt my daily flow. I didn't want to have to create a new habit to do this. I wanted my existing habits to support my learning. And flash tabs was perfect because every time I open a new tab... Every time I went to browse to a website, I was like, oh, do you want to learn? Do you want to process through a few notes? And it was quite low cost. It didn't cost me much energy to do. I had to read a sentence, press a button, and then read another sentence. And Flash Tabs has done quite well, even though it was something that we built very quickly, initially built over a weekend, and then we fixed it a bit over the next week. It's something that's done quite well since, and I think now has over like 6,000 active users which is remarkable from our perspective because we haven't worked on that for 18 months and we built it so we know how broken it is we know that it was an mvp but due to the nature of six by six it's something that we we shipped it and moved on and and as of yet we haven't gone back and focused on how we can make that one better and if you look at the first thing that we built for six by six which was how's it going we spent 250 hours on that over the course of a month six weeks ish that is a ridiculous amount of time that is just crazy especially when the whole idea of six by six was to try and reduce the amount of time that we were spending on things yeah so we you know we definitely still had a lot to learn there and flash tabs we got much better flash tabs we only spent like 76 hours on and then and the next project that we worked on outstanding bar was only 59 hours so we had that incremental improvement all the way down to our most recent launch which was real-time users that we built over the course of a weekend i think that's a good point that you get better at this over time and i think we could probably have started out better than we did 250 hours was huge and way more than we expected to invest and i'm not saying that you have to start out with such a big project but I think it is true that as you progress, you start to realize how bad we are estimating stuff. We realize that actually we estimate for the best case scenario and we don't realize all the little complexities that you have to do that slow you down. So if you're starting out now and you're spending a long time on your first project, it's worth knowing that there is hope that you can get better at that. You can streamline your processes. You can work out how to estimate better and how to really ship a core minimum viable product yeah i think the the key takeaway here is start small no smaller than that no smaller than that as well yeah really like it was crazy that we thought how's it going was a small project yeah i remember that we were sitting there and thinking like what should we do let's choose a small one let's choose one like how's it going and it, it wasn't small at all and the funny thing about how's it going was if you think about it in terms of minimum viable products did not meet it at all 
and it was something that we didn't realize we'd spent 250 hours building this thing and we'd not spoken to anyone about it and that was predominantly i think because we were building it for ourselves and we thought you know we're the use case we're the why we're the types of people that want to use it so we don't need to talk to anyone else but we ended up building it and launching it without a vital component and that was emails it was basically an action that was going to bring you back to the site and because of that no one came back to the site you know we got a lot of traffic in the first couple of days when we were on product hunt and then it very quickly sloped off down to a very low number and this also ties in with kind of the lean startup ideas of this build measure learn cycle and with how's it going that cycle was just too long 250 hours between launching something measuring and then learning from that is too much we wasted a lot of time where if we'd have built something much much smaller we could have released it out got some people using it and found out oh we need to add emails or some other prompt to get people to come back to the site to actually use it i think that's a really good point because we built this for ourselves so we thought we knew what we wanted and if you hear people talk about talking to your customers and things like that they'll say that people don't know what they want they think they know what they want but they don't and I find that remarkably true because we were building something ourselves and we didn't end up using it. We, no. bu- we built it for ourselves and within like a week or two, we had just stopped using it Yeah, because it took way too much effort to think every day, okay, I'm going to go onto this website, I'm going to log in and I'm going to do these steps. We needed something that would interrupt our schedule, a bit like flash tabs where it interrupts what you're already doing. We didn't have a big enough incentive to create a new habit and creating a new habit is a very big ask for anyone. If your product requires your users to create a new habit, it's very likely it's going to fail. You need to build off of their existing habits until they can get something going, get some value out of your product, and then maybe you can move from there. But especially an initial launch, you don't want to be having a requirement of create a new habit, create a new daily schedule. Here's the takeaway for this episode. Keep long-term goals in mind and short-term goals in focus. Basically, start small and actually launch something. A quote that we mentioned back in episode one by Reid Hoffman was, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. And that's an important thing to remember. You can find the show notes for this week's episode at hitreply.co forward slash four. And you can join our mailing list and subscribe to the podcast at hitreply.co forward slash subscribe. And finally, what are you working on? And how can you take that, reduce the scope and actually launch it? Hit reply and let us know.